It is Sunday. We are back where we belong here. It is the Chair Shop Podcast. Your boys are back. First of all, it's me, Harry, hosting duties as always. Joined, as I always am, by my friends. First of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, Barry. Good evening. And running up the team, of course, the producer himself, the man of many button presses, Paul Griffin. Yeah, do you know the way sometimes wrestlers will give the ring announcer little funny things to announce them as? Oh, uh, the the yeah. ever annoying North Carolina yeah. that they do for Kenny Omega. I want this week to be to be announced as the very tired power. Okay. Um, not the best nickname I've ever heard in my life, but um, but the most accurate. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're typically supposed to exa- exaggerate for a nickname, so you should be the most energetic man who's ever lived, the most <laughs> bodacious of dudes. Um, I keep. Oh my god! Here's a completely stupid thing that I might not even explain correctly, folks. Uh, which is always good on radio. Um, I am. On my personal computer, as we record this situation, my laptop, right? But I mean the place where I do my work from home. So what I do is I literally just very unceremonious. I'm going to break something one of these days. Shove my work-owned computer to the back of the table and my extra <laughs> monitor. Just shove it out of the way. Just don't, yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not mine. Fucking breaks. I don't care. Um, and plop my, my laptop down and stick my microphone here in front of me. My very nice expensive microphone that I use for Twitch. And all that other stuff. But when I push all the shit away, my work mouse is still right next. It's next to my laptop. Yeah, so I keep putting my hand right there on it and go, oh, let me click back over to the, the CSP run sheet. No, that is not the right mouse. Right? You need to go with the trackpad here on your computer. I'm like, I'm like entering the bloody matrix over here. What? Can you believe this? Um, anyway, that's not the peak of my life. Well, actually, I suppose it is in terms of good news. Um, uh, LifeGov this week, um, I, I had the sickies. Oh, dear. Um, I took, let me tell you, I took Thursday off work, right? Two reasons. But this American Dragon fella, he's back, I'm, oh, I'm told. Yeah. So I, I, I stayed up to watch, to watch him be back. Uh, and then uh, the second thing that came out, <laughs> the second in priorities, uh, was I had a meeting about a potential mortgage, right? What? About that, yeah. Wait a second. Who's yeah. going to give you a mortgage? Well, that's Jesus. what I'm trying to find out, Joe. That's what I'm trying to find out, sir. The I went in there. are going to be looking at your accounts going, I see in this month, Mr. Murphy, you bought five Xboxes. Yes. Well, those are investments, sir. Have you seen the resale on them? I'm popping down to CEX shortly, and that is your deposit, sir. Okay, Six hard nice. drives. What? So yeah, no, I sent two of those back. I only need four. Um, but yeah, so I had all that lined up on Thursday, and then like t- late Wednesday, kind of evening, when I was getting all excited. Here we go, here we go. AW, I started to get the 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 shivers a little bit. wasn't feeling too good. Little upset tummy, which you know, given my diet, isn't that much of a surprise. And I kind of uh, uh, it started to hit in during stream time. Wednesday is also stream day. I did a I did a one hour, which is very short for me. Uh, uh, stream of Bloodborne. I literally like got through a boss battle, and then I was just kind of like, okay, that that's it. <laughs> I have to kind of call it here. Uh, finished the stream just about. Got the archive up just about. Watched AW. We'll talk about it soon. Amazing, energizing, 
the type of thing that typically, like all, like all out was, I was expecting, I'll be up all night, so excited. I was like, I have to go to bed straight away. I have to go to fucking bed. I'm so tired. Woke up the next day. Oh, baby. Oh, my entire day off was completely uh, throw, thrown off kilter because the plan was going to be have a little lie-in, wake up whenever I wake up. Who cares? I was going to play Death Loop all day because like that's all that's that's my new thing. Go to that meeting, come back, play more of it, have dinner, go to sleep, go to work the next day. Couldn't do any of that. Woke, didn't get to sleep at all because I, I was incredibly tired, hit the pillow. Mm-hmm. Then I was too warm. Then I was tossing and turning. Then my head was hurting me. Uh, I was coughing. I was sneezing. I was all this other stuff. So then I woke up at nine o'clock the next morning, still all, all not feeling well, feeling so unwell. Now, there is also there, a couple of people have been off work recently. There is some variety of bug going around that people have. But the time that was in it, I did have to have my very first COVID test. I managed to make it, uh, uh, you know, 18 months or the bones thereof without having to do the fucking nose thing. Um, my, my my beautiful girlfriend did assist me. It was one of the at-home ones. It was one of the, the pharmacy ones. And we were like, okay, if this is a positive, I'll go get a proper one. Um, yeah, to, yeah. You know, but if it's negative, I won't. Um, oh, baby, I'd like to tell you, lads, I took it like a man. Um, and and really took it in my stride. Let me tell you, I fucking didn't. Oh boy, I did not like that. Would not be doing that again. Uh, so all COVID denialism all the time for me now because I don't want to take another one of those bad boys. Oh, it's horrible. I did not like that at all. Thankfully, that's not what it was. It was, it was just a, some kind of not quite the flu, but worse than the cold type situation I had. Didn't get to enjoy that. So so Thursday was a wash. Went, pulled myself together and put a hat on and a mask for the the, the meeting with uh, with himself. It wasn't very newsworthy. Very very early stages. Uh, when I get the place, I'll I'll do a big celebratory life go off on here. Um, uh, went back to bed when I came home. Had a very boring day off. Took the next day off work because again I was still not able to actually do anything. Um, uh, and yeah, so that was it. Uh, the 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 autumn season is here, folks, and I am. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm good enough that I'll be going to work tomorrow, but it's it was uh, not the best week, not the best week. Um, but yeah, I did I did on the Friday. I, sque- I squeezed in some death loop at the very least, you know. I I, I treat myself. My energy levels drop a little bit, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the life guff for me. Um, uh, what about you, Paul? Why are you, uh, whatever you you said you were there, the world's tiredest man or whatever it was? <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm struggling to even think what happened this week, but um, I guess I'll start chronologically, as as we often do. Um, so I mentioned to Joe one of the weeks ago, often, this wasn't even on the podcast, but I suppose now's the time to talk about it. Um, that when it comes, speaking of jobs and, and the, the like, that mm. there's a, a possible redundo coming down the road for old Polly G. Oh no! Um, which, to be fair, I've been working there for ten years, so you know, cash in. Why not get a get a little five figure uh, payoff on the way out the door? Ooh, hello, hello. Um, but as a result of that, I I did have an interview on Friday mm. for a a, a position. Funnily enough, a position. Re- quite closely related to the job I already do. I thought you were going to say related to this podcast. I was like, oh, no. he, he met Mr. Khan. I'm working on the other CSP. Um, oh, oh, no! No! <laughs> now, um, uh, for a job that's quite like working with people I know from the job I currently do. Okay, right. And um, 
that was one of the strangest interviews I've ever had because you know, not uh, without without throwing um, too much out into the public domain and getting myself in trouble. There there were you know hints hinted to me that these people kind of want to hire you, Paul. <laughs> so turned out the interview was was uh, I don't know just a formality. Like I don't want right. to come as right. overconfident or anything, but. Uh, the last interview I did for my current job, for example, was like an, an hour 45. And you know the way you hear of people yeah. going through these like stage after stage interviews? I've, I've actually never done one of those, but where, where you're called back five times and then told, eh, no, we're not going to go with you. Uh, this interview was 20 minutes long and was just them telling me about the job. I didn't even answer a question. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that sounds like a, an unofficial headhunting, almost. You yeah. Know. And sounds promising, but we'll see because I think they want someone to start ASAP, and that will obviously collide with my my lovely redundancy payoff. Oh, you so we'll, we'll have to see what the story will be like. From my point of view, if the salary is sufficiently higher than what I make now, even if it doesn't quite make up what I would make, yeah, in redundancy. I'll I'll take it for you know it's quite an, an interesting job, very visible to some nice high end clients that I wouldn't mind getting my name out and around, um, and so you know I, I'm I'm funny enough it's also like a, almost a mystery job like I know what the job is etc <laughs> but I don't know what the salary is yet you know right so th- I'm, they might offer me the job and I'd be like well I still don't know what I get paid so you have to tell me that first yeah. <laughs> um. That's just because of like outsourcing and stuff. The, the people who were interview, interviewing me didn't have that information. But um, if yeah, if the salary is similar to what I make now, there's no point. I probably won't take it. <laughs> so it's all a bit up in the air. But um, because of that, even though the interview turned out to be nothing, really, I did a lot of prep for it, as I always do for my interviews. Um, I like to know everything about the company, everything mm-hmm. about the job. I make a big like Word document with all my experience and projects I've worked on and I've done this and I've done this and this relates to what you want because I did this and so lots and lots of cramming, which I haven't done in a very long time. Uh, In addition to that, I'm off work tomorrow because I'm doing a little exam. uh, And if I pass, maybe they'll let me drive a car someday. I'm doing the theory test. Very exciting. Very exciting. Um, Which also I've been studying for and I haven't studied like that since I've been in like university. But um, the nice thing about the theory test is, you know, obviously they want people driving on the roads. They want people paying that road tax. They want people buying petrol and cars and everything for the economy. Yeah. So I, I I have this, you know, the app Barry, maybe maybe I have the the exact one. Yeah. 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 So I'm going through the questions. I like, I've gone through them before. Obviously this isn't like I'm studying tonight for the test tomorrow. I've gone through from start to finish. But 90% of the questions are so obvious that, again, mm. it feels like they're kind of pushing you through the door without you actually having to do any work. Um, and, of course, I'll be very embarrassed now when I come back on the podcast next week and I'll have failed the test. Well, but, yeah, that's I, I kind of had a similar thought to you. And it's like I, I've done a million practice tests. And yeah. it's like, I, I failed a lot of them. Like, you know what I mean? It's like because they're it's like it's a mix of like um, uh 
hundred quid questions on who wants to be a millionaire and like ten yeah. grand questions. Exactly. Every now and then, there's one that feels like it's actual theory, and then sometimes it's like a JPEG of a stop sign. It's like, what do you do when you see this? <laughs> exactly? Do you mow? Do you mow down the motorists or the pedestrians? You know, or the, um, there'll be stuff like, uh, you know, it's raining heavily. What impact can this have on the car? And you're like, it'll be like, a, uh, be more slippy in that. B, uh, less slippy. C, you can drive faster. Or D, uh, drink and drive. It's fine. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's obviously the bad one that you want me to know. It's obviously yeah. that it'd be slipping, you know? So even without prep, as I was going through them, I'm like, well, 90% of these are just like, are, are very, very logical. Or the answers are written in such a way that one of them is very yes. obvious. Yeah. 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 And so the ones that I'm, I'm, I'm worried about are not so much those ones, but the more um, trivia numbery ones where they're like how much money can you be fined for doing this thing and yeah is it two grand three grand four grand or five grand i'm like there's no way i can logically work that out or so, so sometimes the rain one is like oh what effect does it have oh it's slippy sometimes it's like when it's raining how much additional kilometers can you skid when you break type thing yeah. like that that's something you just have to, have to know it's a stat exactly. you just gonna have to know you know yeah so i'm gonna go over those ones on the train on the way in tomorrow into the testing center. Oh, you're going to a physical center. Okay. Yeah, it is impossible to get an online test these days, or at least when I was trying to get one. Uh, that, uh, that's because that's what I'm hoping to do, because it's impossible yeah, to get a, a local test here. Mm. I think uh, I said before, when I when I um, uh, organized the exam, I was going through different dates and seeing like, okay, where can I find one that's close enough to me? And one was in like Nace, which is close, but is a pain to get to from here. And then I found one that was just in the city center, right beside Connolly Station. I was like, Grant. But one of the days said, uh, yeah, we have one for you. The closest testing center is in Sligo. And I said, well, I'm not going to Sligo. Sligo is the other side of the island. Um, so I didn't make that one. But that's tomorrow. Uh, what else? We had uh, some... I had cousins over uh, a few days this week. Cousins who I haven't seen in 20 years. Oh, wow. Uh, we're playing some Nintendo 64, like the good old days. Lovely. Um, I brought the N64 down to play Mario Kart and No Mercy and games of that ilk. That was very fun. That was a good little get-together. So that was two nights of the week um, since we last spoke. We're uh, taken up with that. So that was cool. Um, obviously, uh, Joe, the footy what, didn't go so well for us this week. I don't know if you watched any of it. Uh, no, I didn't bother, to be honest. It wasn't on TV. So It wasn't. I had... We had a special dual screen setup where we had Ooh. one TV with the City Chelsea game, and we had the other TV hooked up to the laptop streaming the Man United Villa game. And 60 minutes in, there were no goals in either game, and we were looking at each other going, well, this was a bit of a waste of time. But in the end, uh, yeah, not, not a great result for, uh, for ourselves. It wasn't a great performance. Uh, lots of the usual holding onto the ball, not taking shots or getting anywhere close to scoring and then conceding from a corner in the 87th minute, like I always do, and then missing a penalty, which, to be fair, we don't often do. Uh, City were very good against Chelsea. Uh, very, very dominant. They got the goal. Chelsea never really looked like scoring. So City, as many people have been saying, Chelsea are the favourites. I tell you, City looked bloody good in that game. Mm-hmm. Away at Chelsea, mm-hmm. they completely dominated and that's all the footy. I didn't watch any other footy this week. The United game put a little bad taste in my mouth, and I didn't yeah. watch any more football. I wish I'd watched Brentford Liverpool because that looked really good. I only caught the end of that. I, I was watched... watching Rampage while that was on. Ooh, I watched the highlights, and uh, yeah, like a... Brentford, a lot of fun. Um, yeah, 
three three with Liverpool. Come on, everyone's second favorite team, Brentford. Oh, actually, my first favorite team at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sweet United are playing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last thing for me is just this uh, most recent uh, happening. Uber Eats. Uh, now, lads, you you guys will know me as a very patient, generous man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh. You know, I don't hold a grudge. I, I, um, I'm a little bit more, uh, you know, reserved in my anger than maybe some other people. But let me tell you, this Uber Eats guy was. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> Mr. Eats. Yeah, yeah. You bear eats. I think it might be German. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so the aforementioned cousins were being dropped back to the airport uh, today, and so the plan was, um, they'd be dropped back because they they live in London, near Joe actually, mm. in, the, in this, the southeast of London, and um, that when everybody got back here, then afterwards we would order McDonald's as a nice treat to close out the week. So I think I I put in the order at about maybe just before six this evening. Now, folks, keeping in mind, we we start recording the podcast at eight in the evening. So good two hour window between putting in the order and uh, and the podcast recording starting. So I ordered uh, the usual bits and bobs, burgers, a couple of chicken selects. Oh, you you watch Bob's Burgers. Is that any good? Um... We're not doing TV golf yet, oh. motherfucker. Um, so I put in the order, and it said, "Okay, estimated time, six fifty. Latest time, it'll be seven twenty-five. Oh, you hate when they violate the latest time. I know. There's, there needs to be some. If they miss the latest time, you get a voucher or something. Because oh, anyway, there's more to the story. Don't don't worry. So it comes six fifty, right? Then seven, seven oh five, seven fifteen, seven twenty, um, and I'm looking as I often do whenever the whenever these things take a little bit longer than normal, I'm just staring at that map, looking at the little bicycle icon or whatever it is, going, "All right, lad, where, where are you going here? What's happening?" So the the first problem is in Lucan, which is the next town over, which is where the McDonald's are located. There are two McDonald's restaurants. Okay, and so my order is from the one that's closest to us, which is a, a drive-through. It's not a, it's not one in like a shopping center. Right, it's just inside okay. of that. So I'm looking at the map, and this guy is sitting at the other McDonald's, and I'm going, okay, maybe he's um, finishing off a prior delivery, or I don't know what. Sure. But I'm, I'm looking at him sitting at the McDonald's, and I'm looking at him sitting there, and I'm looking at him sitting there. Well, he's enjoying his food. What's your problem? What for like half an hour? He doesn't move. He doesn't move after like now the Uber Eats app is telling me your food's been prepared, Paul. Okay, don't worry. This this guy will get it. I won't say his name. Casey's listening. Um you fucking <laughs> Anyway. He's sitting there for half an hour, sitting there for half an hour, sitting there for half an hour. Nothing's happened. So for the first time in my life, I use the little Uber Eats send a message option. Oh. I was starved at this point, by the way. You, you, and and let, I, I, not to spoil the story, is that incredibly not helpful? Yeah, because he didn't reply. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I, I'm not one, you know, especially when it's about food. It's the old, like, you know, don't give, don't give out to the waiter. They're going to speak. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I just said, um, hi, sorry, I'm the, I made this order. Uh, do you know if there's a delay or, or what's happening? You know, it's just a very straightforward, like, not like, where the fuck are you? Yeah, yeah. Where's, Where's me burger and chicken selects? Uh, no reply. Five minutes later, I send the obviously very agitated, and I quote, hello, question mark. <laughs> oh, no. No reply. So then, lads, we move to... Where the fuck is your family? I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> we move to stage two. I call that motherfucker <laughs> on the telephone. So I got his little number. <laughs> ring him up on the phone. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. Ring, ring. For longer than you know you would expect. But then he picks up. Hello? I'm like, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're that fucking Uber Eats driver, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just said hi. You're, is this name? Are you the Uber Eats driver? Yeah. Okay. I put in an order an hour ago. Do you know what's happening? Is there like a delay or something? Oh yeah, yeah. It'll. Uh, it's a bit busy. It'll just be five minutes. So suddenly it's five, five minutes. minutes. I've been waiting five, over an hour. Five, right? <laughs> five minutes now. Fuck off. I go. Uh, okay. Hang up. So I'm looking at now at the clock. If this goes five fucking more minutes, I'm calling them back. Angry. Anyway, the food eventually. He eventually starts moving on the on the uh, on the little app. Right, moves towards where the the right McDonald's is. Yeah, he's there for a few minutes. Oh, the order's been picked up. Here we go. I'm calling everyone down, lads. It's six minutes away. The food's coming finally. Go back to the tablet. Look at the app. He's only driving the wrong fucking direction. <laughs> right? So to put into um, context for people who don't know the ge- geography of where I live, Lucan is about two and a half kilometers from Leakslip, right? It would take me 25 minutes to walk from my house to that restaurant. Okay. This guy drove twice the distance in the wrong direction. Yeah. Presumably to drop off another order, which is fair enough, right? But we're so close to the restaurant. Why not yeah. just drive it here first? You're 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 wasting your own petrol driving that distance and then back to us. Yeah, I don't know. Madness. Anyway, the food arrived. We ate it. It was McDonald's. It was like eh, fine. Um, but that's why I'm all frazzled, and that's why I was late today to to this uh, recording. But um, also McDonald's is so it's like the one thing you don't want late. You don't want it because I constantly get the thing where they drive in the opposite direction doing a fucking yeah. delivery, and I don't understand it either. It must just be a case of they might be going home afterwards or some shit, and it's it's easier for them to leave you last. I don't know what way they do it, but like you know, whatever. If I'm going to a fucking like kebab house and they've got this roasting hot fucking thing that they wrap in tin foil and they put it in the Uber Eats bag, whatever. McDonald's. McDonald's isn't even hot when you get it in the restaurant sometimes. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know how they do it. Now, I had McDonald's today for dinner as well, funnily enough. We went directly to the establishment. Uh, so you're a smarter man than I. So, yeah. Also, I think we found a trick is that because it's just... um. <laughs> don't pay just run away yeah no just run away yeah they, they can't they're not gonna climb through that little window and come get you um but yeah it's like we go there's like one mcdonald's that we just go to because it's the closest most convenient drive-through but they, their chips are never cold so 
the tea, the tea. I must give them a good Google review or something. Oh, I, I, I think I know what it's going to be. Did you put in a special order? No, 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 no. That's okay. the entire. I, I literally just we picked the right branch. That's it. It's okay. Like, I, I thought you were going to do something like you order order with no salt, so they have to make it separately. No, and then put no, your own no, salt no, on it. Something like that. No, what the effort of that? Oh my god! Then, they, no. then they'd be hot. That's that's like when I get my burger, it's always freshly made because no, I, I don't want to put any work in. Bro, even asked me as I was uh, uh, using <laughs> my, my massive bear paw to scrape all the lettuce and pickles off my my oh, Big Mac. She's god. just like, why don't what did you? She's like, oh, I forgot to ask for no sense. I I never do that. I just can't be asked. Bring it. I feel like an idiot, so I just do this. No. <laughs> You're not the idiot, Barry. If you want a special burger <laughs> your way, you're entitled to it. Um, oh, dear. But, no, but the thing is, is that McDonald's, we're going to be very disparaging of McDonald's here. But like, especially when you've been waiting that long, McDonald's just isn't that good. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's not. It was very an anticlimax. It's like, at the end of the day, I, I fuck it. I'm, I'm 30 now. I'm allowed to sound old on this podcast. The kids these days, if your if your main way of consuming McDonald's is through the Uber Eats, you're not you're, you're, like Uber. It, it, McDonald's is supposed to be your 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 mom's up to absolute ninety, bringing you around the shops trying to replace your fucking school clothes or whatever, and she cannot be fucked doing dinner. So she's like, <laughs> "Come on, we'll just go into McDonald's. It's on the way, and you get it, and it's delicious, and yeah. it's right, and it's right there, and it's fast food. That's the point." You get it straight away. It's hot. It's 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 beautifully preserved because it hasn't been thrown into a bag. You know that's that's the way it's got to be. You know what I mean? You got to you got to enjoy it that way. Yeah, I mean, um, and we have now close to us Burger King Five Guys now, which mm. neither unfortunately delivered here. Yeah, uh, if they did, I would never be eating McDonald's. I'd probably never eat McDonald's again <laughs> in my life. Well, I mean, I don't know. Five Guys is so fucking expensive. To be fair, oh, yeah, I but I don't get McDonald's. I get I get take takeaway of any kind once every three weeks, maybe or once a month. Wow, so it's okay. fine, you know. Wow, okay, impressive. Mm. Uh, like especially when it's McDonald's, like ugh, like I ate it, and I was like, well, uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't it doesn't fill you as well either. No. Uh, we we had McDonald's and then just before this podcast, we ate a, a um a, like a, a bucket of Magnum ice cream, uh, one of the, <laughs> one of those little like things that big that you have to crack, yeah, the crack thing, oh, really okay. tasty. Anyway, that's, anyway, that's, Joe, what have you been up to? Joe, this have you have you had any foibles this week to talk about? Uh, no foibles this week. It's actually been it's a really good week. Um, we finally got rid of the last of the old furniture that we were oh, clearing like out, so that's good. So this room is now. Apart from the desk on the side that I'm on on the shelves, there's nothing behind me. It's completely empty, so it might even sound a bit more echoey than usual. Um, but I also finally uh, hung or hanged. Do you hung or hang? You hung. I hung up. Ung. <laughs> Ung. Me a uh, whiteboard uh, up on the wall of the uh, the office here, so That'd I can now nice. write things on the whiteboard. Oh, very nice. If I, have, if I have an idea, lads, no more getting a notepad and paper out. I'm yeah. just going bush, bush, bush up on the whiteboard. That's up there. That's that's good. So that was great. Um, other than that, uh, took Thursday and Friday off uh, in part to watch the old uh, Dynamite show on Wednesday night. So that was great. Uh, and then on Friday, was fr yeah, Friday went for one of my uh, infamous long walks. Mm. Um, I did this time. And Paul, you're gonna your, your knees are gonna go when you hear this. I did 21 miles. Um, Jeez, what's that in the old? Uh, in kilometers, it's got to be at least uh, 35, I should think. 33 33 kilometers in one day. Fuck yeah! Man. Took me um, 
God, so I started about 10, got home yeah. about six, I think. Uh, that includes traveling time from where I finished to uh, to home, which is about an hour as well. So, yeah. yeah, it was a good old walk. Again, I'm still doing this uh, capital ring walk, which goes around the whole outside of London. Uh, so I knocked off another yeah, chunk good, good chunk of that. So one last one last leg to go, which is going to be the big one. That's going to be about 23 miles. That's going to be the last, <laughs> that's going to be the last one, baby. Luckily, you know, I have, I was accompanied by the uh, Lapsed Fan podcast, um, which I listened to their, they did a whole series on Montreal on the screw job. And the first one was a review of Hitman Heart Wrestling with Shadows, uh, which was fantastic and very funny and seven hours long. So that lasted the whole, the whole walk, which was great. So um, yeah, felt good after that. The old hips and knees did start to feel a little bit. <laughs> A little bit painful towards the end, but yeah, just about did it. One so, thing uh, I get if I walk, obviously not that far, but if I do a, a decent 15 kilometers, I get a little bit of the chafing, oh, yeah. you know, of the Guchel zone. You don't get any of that at all with these mad walks? No. Are you wearing the little bicycle shorts? I've got, uh, I know, I've just got the, I've got the old thigh gap, you know, size zero thigh gap in it. So Talcum powder. Chafing, yeah. Just, yeah, uh, these these fat old legs. Um, <laughs> friction burns. I get a little, yeah. a, little, a little chafing if I walk too much. Although I am planning to do, I'm going to this exclusive for the podcast listeners. Ooh. I'm not, I'm not going to tell anybody here about it. Ooh. But uh, Natty is doing sober October. Oh, I don't drink obviously, so I I can't go along with her. But I am thinking of doing another uh, sexification. Workout, workout loads and only eat good stuff. For... What did you say? Sexification. Sexification. What? Another sexification. Get all sexy, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought you meant, I, I had no fucking idea what you were saying there. I was like, are you telling us you're going to have a no sexy October? Or like, sex every day in October. Or, or every day. I mean, like... <laughs> well, what would, be special, what would be special about Oh, you'd work... You... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna become Ooh. sexified. Okay, visually. Okay. Get rid of the old bingo wings. <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, well, sir. Lordy, doing, Lord. doing lots of exercise and eating good. But don't tell anybody about that. That's our little secret. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Just between us. Uh, and then if if sex should happen, so be it. Yeah, well that's you know that's that's all. Probably as a result of looking sexy all of a sudden. Well, that's it. You gotta you gotta put the work in. You know exactly. Oh, Natty dyed her hair purple. By the way, she's not here to show it off. But I saw it on the, on well, the old, that's the thing. Very nice. It is very nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, well, she didn't but, dye it purple. She got like highlights in it. When are you dyeing your hair? <laughs> well. I'm just letting it be there for as long as it is there and not being too messy with it. I suppose, yeah, that we, we us fellas, we don't like to push our luck, you know. No, it's no, already. No. Look at that. Anyway, that's the longest life guff we've ever done. That's yeah. it. Bit, bit, of, bit of life guff there. Very too, apropos uh, of Joe's walk. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he, so he's encouraging someone else to listen to that and then yeah. go out and walk a couple of kilometers. Um, we'll move on, though, to our next segment, which was the music guff. More music yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah, uh, a new album, a new album. Who's been blaring the tunes this week? Me, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing. For, I, I haven't like counted all the albums I've listened to so far this year, but I must be at about twenty or so. Uh, which is good, given that I didn't actually start start of the year. I think I only started in like May or something, didn't I? Uh, 
new album this week is by a Wigan-based indie band called The Lathams, or The Lathams, if you want to use the local Wigan dialect. Uh, and their new album, How Beautiful Life Can Be. Um, and this was this only came out on Friday. And I was walking. What was I doing on Friday? I don't remember where I was going, but I was walking in. in oh, I took a, took one of the dogs for a walk. We, we had a dog with us. This is why I'm tired as well, by the way. We had a dog with us the last two days who is one of those dogs that you will cry if the moment you're not like petting them. And then you need to be around them all the time, giving them attention all the time. So I was in the other room with the dog sleeping last night. And anyway, that dog is gone now and my life is better for it. Um, I was walking the dog and I said, I'll, you know what? I'll stick on a new album. My, my, I was a bit tired for it. I wasn't my, my, I wasn't in a headspace really for listening to a new album, but I said, number one, there were only like three, three or four new albums on Spotify's new releases mm-hmm. list they put out. So naturally, based on having listened to Kanye West and listened to Drake, I said, I'm just going to pick whatever the shortest of these albums are. I'm not doing an hour and a half anymore. That's finished. No more hour and a half albums. So this one is like 38 minutes. I was like, fine. Okay. I said, I'll give I'll give it one. I'll listen to the first track. Give it one track to grab me. If I'm not into it, I'm just not going to listen to it. I'll just listen to um, music that I have marked as like like my music and just put that on shuffle. Uh, so I listened to the first track and Ooh, I said, wait a minute, this this is really fucking good. And then I listened to uh, the next track. Yeah, not quite as good. But then the third track is really, really good again. Um, and so the Lathams, I think this is, again, this is their debut. The way I describe their sound is, is funny because it's a, a mix of bands that I'm actually not into individually. But the sound, when mixed all together, actually actually produces quite a good little little indie sound. So it's a little bit like... Um, it's like baby shambles mixed with the the Smiths, okay. I guess. So it's got that kind of more slightly more intricate Johnny Marr sound that a lot of indie doesn't quite have. But then uh, it has it. It almost sounds like kind of Pete Doherty type uh, on vocals. Um, some songs are a bit more Smithy. Some songs are a bit more typically indie. You know, like the Kooks or that kind of sound. Um. But I, I actually really enjoyed it, and I, I'm not don't particularly like the Smiths. I like one or two of the songs. Uh, I don't like Baby Shambles at all. I don't like any, anything, even Libertines. I don't like anything Pete Dottie's ever done. Okay, but for whatever reason, the stars aligned here, and I was like, oh, I'm into this. This is really good. So if you if you like the sound of that, uh, that is the Lathams, L A T H U M S. How beautiful life can be. A very decent little uh, indie album. Very, very enjoyable. Nice. And only 38 minutes. That's always a bonus. That's always a bonus. <laughs> yeah. That's all the music review for this week. We'll have a new album for you next week. Who knows what it will be? Who knows what it will be? Uh, we will move on then to Television Goff, who's watched some telly this week. I have not. Um, so Michelle and I have kicked off our annual uh, Gilmore Girls uh, rewatch. I can't wait to get Gilmore Girls. Oh, come on. You're always with Gilmore Girls. Get on with it. And yeah, it was that because Gilmore Girls, as we've discussed before, it's a very autumnal show. Yes. It's just the the, the um, little town where it's set, 
the kind of the seasons and everything is very autumnal. So we actually started watching it on the first day of autumn, which I think was the 21st of September, about okay. five days ago. So that's when we, we, we waited because last year we started quite early and I think we'd finished the entire show by about the end of October. And it was like, oh God, now we've got nothing to watch. So we're pacing ourselves. We're going to try and make it last until sort of Christmas time. Um, but yeah, it's a good, it's a great show. We really enjoy it. And it's um, after you watch it a few you know, to, I'm on my third run through now. Michelle's probably seen it 10 times or something, but you just, it's strange how the, the behavior of the characters that was quite kind of charming and interesting in the first run becomes much more annoying. <laughs> the third <laughs> time you see it, you're like, actually, I hate you now. <laughs> you're, now that I've seen all your toxic behavior from, you know, the other episodes and now that I've kind of, you know, understood it a bit better you start to kind of see it very differently. So I'm enjoying that because I'm, I'm not typically someone who likes to rewatch things or reread things over and over again. Uh, I like to look at new stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying watching that. So that's probably what we're going to be watching for the next two months. Very nice. Yeah, we need to get back to Gilmore Girls soon, sweetie. Who's watching it now? Joe and, and Michelle again. Nice. Yeah. It's a good point about how autumnal it is i've never really thought about that but mm. when i picture it in my mind's eye i do think of like leaves. red leaves <laughs> yeah scarves yeah. Also, yeah. yeah scarves with uh Liddell's little baby head on top of it <laughs> ah. yeah definitely did we i think we only watched season one did we, we didn't we didn't get season two did we did hmm mm. i don't remember where we are but we will definitely Definitely pick up Gilmore Girls. One of one of the nicest little surprises I think I've started watching in, in recent years. Um, I did watch some TV. It's time for the return of Lost to, to our screens. Season 5, which I have on DVD. Um, so we started watching that. Very, very fun, obviously, as Lost always is. Uh, one of the episodes was a Hurley-centric episode. Hurley's one of my mm. favorite characters in the show. A very, very funny... A man with a very funny family that unfortunate things happen to. He is great. Say no more than that. Uh, I also watched the latest What If, Barry. You'll be oh, excited to hear. Brilliant. What if, what if, um, <laughs> what if we uh, kept Terrence Howard um, <laughs> in these movies? And uh, Ed Norton. And Ed Norton. How thrilling. Uh, well, you'll be happy here, Barry. That while I often think that, uh, especially with What If, but while I often think that Marvel is kind of, you know, they've they've overplayed that one type of comedy they do. Nothing has any real, um, you know, uh, there's no real threat, or it's all very like surface level and all very light. Uh, you'll be happy to hear that this episode was the complete embodiment of those problems. Oh, good. Uh, in that it was ju just a uh, half an hour of every single character is Star Lord now, <laughs> not, lit not not literally, but they all are funny, witty, literally every character in the show. So the 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 theme this week was what if Thor was an only child, so he didn't have the moderating influence of. <laughs> That's so boring. What the. Well, the idea was that he would be this uh, 
basically it was um like a Ferris Bueller type plot where he 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 came down to Earth to have a big party and you know he was supposed to be studying his mythology and then his mother would come down and give out to him at the end you know and oh it's just people make jokes for half an hour because it features because it's set in the Thor universe you have Thor who is not Thor from Thor one but rather Thor from the later movies where he's a comedian uh the cat. Denning's character, oh, who, who you know from WandaVision, is hey, I'm a sarcastic woman. That's my whole character. <laughs> um, Natalie Portman's, whatever, Dr. Jane, whatever she was called. Mm. She's just the same as Kat Dennings now. She just is, is a wisecracking. Oh, it sounds like a laugh riot is going on. You can't have these three comedians in one episode of TV. What? Wait, there won't be time to finish in dialogue between all the laughing. <laughs> They had Hiddleston as, as Loki obviously show up in it, but not as Thor's brother. Um yeah, it was and I, I look I, I I found it so like anodyne that I looked up reviews of it on obviously IGN loved it because Yeah superhero. Uh, guys, what it really is an interesting question. What if this will happen? But I looked up like even on A V Club and they were like, Yeah, a fun episode. I'm like, lads, none of nothing about this is fun. This is like I definitely we've reached the point, uh like the breaking point cynicism wise of I just can't enjoy these anymore. Yeah. I can't enjoy it anymore. I keep watching it out of stop watching it. Uh, yeah, I, I I need to stop watching it, but it's out of some kind of completionist for the sake of it. I'd like I don't know why, because when it comes to like Amazon Prime and Netflix, they put out content and I think yeah, and then I just don't watch it. Yeah. Why is it with Disney that when they put out that same schlop, I go eh, but then I do watch it. I don't understand what what. Well, they're all they're all part of existing series where you've watched every single thing that's been put out about yeah. them so far, and you're like, well, I guess I can't stop now. It's um, it's a bit of that, you know. Um, but like. It's also the prestige of Disney as well. It's just like, it's a Disney thing. Yeah. Whereas an Amazon show is like, that's not even a really a TV show. I don't that's even a book that. company. That's, that's just a YouTube video or something. I don't care on that. <laughs> Disney is Disney. But like, you know, the last few what ifs. No, the episode six I thought was, was actually all right. But the, the zombie one and this one are, were really scraping the bottom of the barrel. In terms of that, it it being a good TV show, especially when I've been watching White Lotus, I've watched The Leftovers, Lost. You know, I'm watching these shows that, you know, for better or worse, are, are generally quite well regarded, and in my opinion, are very very good. And then in the middle of I watch an episode of What If, and I'm like, this is this is like worse than the superhero cartoons of yesteryear when it wasn't being made necessarily by like disney and yeah. you know related to these m- huge movies it was just a oh, fart out an x-men cartoon for christ's sake that was better than what what if is yeah um anyway i'll continue watching it because i, <laughs> I am just uh, an idiot um and then as i mentioned i finished season one of the leftovers watched the last four episodes of that and that was seriously good. Um, for as much as I've said that it's a show where season one isn't so highly regarded, but seasons two and three are thought of as like critically acclaimed uh, Damon Lindelof shows, like 
they've these season two and three are thought of at the same level of like Watchmen, for example. Right. Which Watchmen I loved. So I'm excited for these seasons to be as good as that. But the, even the last few episodes of season one, I thought were really, really good. So I'm excited to get on to that. But um, yeah, Damon Lindelof is really good at writing TV. That's what I've learned. Between, between Lost, Leftovers, and Watchmen, he's very good at it. Movies less so, but we won't talk about that. Well, that's all right. He can be good at just TV. That's fine. <laughs> um, I uh, watched some movies this week. Uh huh. Um, I went to the cinema, and I did, in fact, have the new best cinema experience mm. in like a long time. Fucking nobody opened their goddamn fucking mouth during this film. <laughs> Which I can't believe. I went to see uh, Shang-Chi. Now, to be fair, I went to see it on like a random Tuesday. It's also been out forever. So, yeah. I, 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 you know, I think I, I've gotten over a lot of the annoying general public. Went to see Shang-Chi. Um, and I think I can probably only just echo what a lot of other people have said about it, which is for two thirds of it. I was like, oh, oh, you're pretty good. You're doing something different here. Okay, okay. Maybe Marvel, you get me a little back. Oh, this action is actually really good. Mm. Really good. You really bang, bang. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, dodge, dodge. Bang, bang. Oh, spin kick. Awesome. Oh, radical. Uh, you know, you've got your Marvel tropes. You got your wise cracking. Ah, whatever. That's fine. That doesn't bother me too much. That's okay. Soundtrack's a little bit better than average. Not great, but whatever, you know. And then, like, the final act is, like, so actively annoying like it's not even just oh they did the tropes again it's like oh man is this deeply unsatisfying in basically every way and completely counter to what worked about the first two thirds of the film oh it was a bummer but overall i mean look i can't say it was anything less than a good movie still uh definitely the 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 thing i've liked uh the most uh, out of marvel in the last couple of uh, years um you know, uh, yeah, it's it's a great cast, really, really great cast. I thought they were all tremendous. Um, I thought the action was legitimately good. Uh, it's absolutely, not just in the final third, but just throughout the whole film, it's absolutely stuffed to the brim with CGI, but it mostly looks good. But it is one of those movies, if you're the type of person who doesn't like it when two characters sit down at a table to have a conversation and every single fucking thing around them is not real, even though the, even though they're like having tea in the middle of a city street, like that is there, but you know that's kind of, with, with these movies that's kind of just a you know buy the ticket take the ride situation. Just is what it is. Um, yeah. For the most part, I think it looks good, and in the action, the action is heavily CGI'd as well, but it still is way more visually interesting than a lot of it. Final act is just really bad. It's so disappointing, um, uh, and and like. Post credit scene as well as the most pointless fucking. It is the most boilerplate uh, post credit scene ever. Um, yeah, I don't think I've I've ever like waited for the post credit scene and then it was so, as much of a oh moment. I think for me, uh, uh, well, no, because it wasn't an omo because Venom's was actively hilariously bad. So that so I think the one where I was most kind of like, oh was uh, Amazing Spider Man one. Where, like, a figure to this day, I'm fairly sure, has not been identified because that franchise is dead. Like, Lizard's in jail, and someone from the shadows goes, Ugh, 
well, we'll have to have a more evil plan for the sequel. And it's cuts to black. I'm like, I, you, didn't, you didn't even drop a hint who that was. It was just, it was like you got any random voice actor to stand off screen and say it. That was shit. Um, but yeah, and it's kind of one of the things where it was, I, I, I'm not opposed to these characters all sharing the universe and crossing over here or there. You know, if, you know, Shang-Chi pops up in a, Doctor Strange movie that I'm like, cool, whatever. But I kind of, like, watching the post-credits scene, I was like, I have, like, no interest in another big team-up movie. I don't, like, I thought he was an interesting character. Like, you watch this movie where he's got this very interesting family dynamic that I thought was very well done. And even though it is a total Marvel cliche, I liked this, the, the sidekick character as well. I thought, I like basically all of these people on a character level. I thought they all had really interesting arcs. And then it's like, now we're going to team up with Brie Larson and Mark Ruffalo to go fight the alien. I'm like, oh, God. Can can we move on at some stage to, like, anything else other than that? Um, Like, I have no desire for new Avengers. Do you know what I mean? Like, new, same concept, new members. You know, I just have no interest whatsoever. Anyway, mostly good. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, then on the old streaming, I watched uh, one of the more acclaimed films from last year, Palm Springs on uh, Amazon. I think that's like, yeah, it's on Amazon over here. Uh, good. I enjoyed it. Uh, it is a time loop movie. We have, we have had so much time loop content in movies and games in the last uh, 18 months, coinciding with uh, the time loop of our lives. Um, it's kind of hard to, to, to do that, I think, and keep it interesting. Um, I think Palm Springs was one of the more kind of interesting versions of that that I've seen in the last uh, in the last while. Very funny, um, uh, very clever, uh, uh, some really solid performances. I, I like Andy Sandberg. I, I don't know if I really like him as a leading man. I feel like, I, especially in a movie like this where it's obviously a comedy, but he kind of has a little bit more seriousness to it and a little bit more, you know, uh, depth and I was like, yeah, I kind of just wanted to be a goofball, you know. I I don't buy him really in in that in that uh, in that role, but you know, it was still really fun. So uh, Palm Springs is is a, is a thumbs up if you're looking for a kind of uh, uh, a, a kind of a comic uh, time loop adventure. Uh, you find then... with Palm Springs quickly. I my my main issue with Palm Springs was I just found that a lot of the Joe chime in on this as well if you've seen mm-hmm. it. Just a lot of the bigger moments didn't really land for me in terms of like plot wise, where you know there's going to be a moment where like they fall out, and yes. the reasoning for that just seemed very abrupt. And oh, they have to have a falling out, and I didn't really buy into the logic of it or ultimately how they kind of break the cycle. Like a lot of those bigger moments didn't really land for me. Yeah, Agreed. yeah, I I would agree. Um, and I, I thought the actress, I, I can't remember. I've actually never seen her in anything before this. I've forgotten her name. Um, the leading actress. She was tremendous. Uh, much better than Sandberg, I thought. Um, uh, and the supporting cast was great. Um, J.K. Simmons, obviously, uh, never never bad. Always value for money. He, he never lets, especially, when you get a, especially when you get a nice, juicy, kind of campy role like this. Um, uh, I, I, I enjoyed every every second no there was not a second wasted of, of, of connor o'malley's stupidity when he was on screen uh he was the kind of gross kind of lecherous guy in the the ginger guy in the uh the groom's party right. um yeah it was it, it was good i 
it got a lot of like it got a lot of hype at the time, and then I was looking at it on Letterbox. A lot of people who like, thought it was like a four, four and a half star movie. I was like, what? what? I don't think so. Like, I, you know, it was, you know, I thought it was no better or worse than like Happy Death Day, which was also, mm. you know, it's fine, fun, solid, you know, uh, um, uh, thing. Uh, that one, I think, probably took itself a little bit less seriously. Also, yeah. um, smarter actually, I think, than, than Palm Springs. It's yeah. actually cleverer in terms of the plotting. Um, yeah, so but you know, the party is good. You know, again, it was a this was a this was a lazy uh, uh, lazy evening kind of watch. Similarly, uh, I also finally watched uh, Monsters University, um, perhaps the most like needless film ever created. <laughs> I mean, I like I thought it was fine, but it's the ultimate kind of knock you can give a Pixar movie, where it's kind of like this doesn't really feel like a Pixar's movie. This feels like a movie that was actually just made for little children. Um, and not a, a family film that a lot of people could watch. Um, pretty, pretty, pretty basic. Pretty, pretty straightforward. Also, like, I, it's not the main thing I love about Monsters Inc. I think it's, the, I think the heart and the laughs of Monsters Inc. Great. But I thought the world was kind of cool and interesting. The monster world, they get the electricity, blah, blah, blah. Monsters University is kind of like we're making a, a college film, but that it's appropriate for kids. And instead of stealing girls' knickers, and instead of and instead of oh, we're going to uh, uh, the kegger, it's we're go- we're going to go to the scare library and read about the book of monsters. Just like they just took they 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 made a really tame kid friendly college film, which is fine. But there was no cleverness to it. It's just like it's 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 the the title says it all. They just put monster in front of university and they took out all the naughty bits. And it's just like it was so so you know plain. It was so plain. I was kind of surprised. It was one of those films I was watching. I was like, I can't believe they got all the actors back. I can't, uh, you know. I suppose you know. I suppose John Goodman and Steve Buscemi are not the most discerning people in the world. They've been in some shit in their lives. Mm. But I, I, I was halfway through. I was like, I can't believe no one looked at this and said, "I'm not coming back to do this. This is, this is rubbish. <laughs> I don't want to be in this." Um, all in all, I thought it was okay. It was a, a worthwhile watch if you want a a low attention requiring Pixar movie. You know what I mean? You don't want to fall asleep. You know, uh, during Coco, you'll miss something wonderful. You fall asleep during this one and whatever. Don't even rewind it to see what you missed. Um, <laughs> it's definitely um, it's one of the most derivative movies I've ever seen, for sure. I don't think there's like an original idea in it. No, no. And uh, yeah, it feels like something that would have been straight to DVD a decade ago. Yeah, like like when uh, like Lion King two or whatever the fuck. Yeah, Lion King two is better than Monsters University. For what's okay, right. wow. Uh, I actually have never seen it. So easily, like, easily better than Monsters. University. I have. I should like. There's so much shit on Disney like that that I should watch just out of curiosity. All the weird kind of sequels and. and yeah. Now, and, to be fair, be careful though, because the majority of those are rubbish. Of course. They, oh yeah, absolutely. You, you need to know going in, like Little Mermaid two. <laughs> is this yeah. worth a watch or is this a waste of my time? Uh, I'm curious who this week watched The Green Knight because I, like many people, was like, oh, they've d- delayed this movie for so long in this part of the world. Mm. For whatever reason, COVID, I think it was in UK and Ireland, they were just mm. like, whatever. They wanted people to go to, they wanted people, folks, to go to the theaters. And then when I heard it was coming out, I was like, oh, well, uh, absolutely. I'll go uh, the fine folks, the studio execs at A24. I'll absolutely go 
to the theaters. It's in like two cinemas in this yeah. country. This country where it was filmed, by the way. You you just come here. You just use our land to to film your you little on A twenty four. Oh, it's a little fantasy film, but it has a deeper meaning. Oh, bastards! Uh, so I did not. I have not watched it. I've I've since learned it's on Prime. Like, I, I'd like to watch it on a big screen mm. with the sound. Sound. I want to have it ruined by someone on Snapchat on their phone in front of me. Right? It's not the same if I have to watch it at home. But uh, anyway, how how was it? Um, I get to the I'll get to the Green Nine in a moment. I'll get okay. to it in a moment. I've seen so I saw two new releases this week. Ooh. Uh one in the cinema and one in a pseudo cinematic experience as Barry alluded to on, on prime. Right. Um, the cinema experience, uh, we went to see the many saints of Newark, a, mm. uh, a star Wars story, <laughs> uh, a soprano story. Um, I of course, massive fan of sopranos. My probably my favorite drama TV series of all time. Um, neither of you watched for sopranos. Have you? I, I have, I never finished it. Oh, I haven't okay. seen like the last two seasons, but I've, no. yeah. Not a big fan then. No, no, not a big fan, no. Um, I was a huge fan of it. So when I heard this was coming out, I was uh, anticipating it um, greatly. Um, It's a prequel uh, to the TV series set in the late 60s and 70s, featuring a young Tony Soprano uh, and him kind of growing up in Newark, New Jersey, uh, during, you know, an interesting time in American history, Vietnam and all that, and... Uh, kind of racial tensions in mm. Newark. Um, so a very interesting backdrop. And it follows, the main character is actually a character called Dickie Maltazonte, who is the father of Christopher Maltazonte from uh, the, the Sopranos. Um, so it kind of follows him and all of the main all of the main characters from, uh, from the Sopranos are there in their kind of Muppets babies uh, form, like 30 years younger, which... It's one of those things, a little bit like the Star Wars prequels, where you're like, "Oh my god, it's it's Polly Walnuts and he's thirty, and it's wow, <laughs> and he's doing the thing he does, and, and Silvio's there, and blah, blah, blah. which is really kind of you know funny and entertaining for a Sopranos fan for about five minutes. Then you kind of just get get over the novelty of that, and you're like, yeah. "Well, you know, what's what is there beyond that?" I think uh, on that point as well, I think you. The film just about holds together if you haven't seen the Sopranos TV series, but only just. Like, there's a lot of characters and moments in it that will just be completely meaningless if you haven't seen the show. Uh, and it's almost to the point where, yeah, if you haven't seen it, it, it can be tricky to follow. That was um, that was going to be my question. I was kind of cute because I was like, when lockdown first hit, I was like, let's fucking rewatch Sopranos from the front and finish yeah. it. And I never did. And then this came out and I was like, oh, like... Again, it's one of those ones I kind of like to see it in the cinema, but I don't want to watch it, not mm. get it, then watch the surprise and go, shit, I should have fucking done this in the other order. Yeah. I think, I mean, if you've seen any of the Sopranos, it will make sense. You don't have to right. have seen the whole series. Just a familiarity with the characters and some of the, some of the characters that are alluded to in the Sopranos that uh, pop up here. Um, is it kind of useful to understand? But overall, I'd say it's a, it was kind of a, a good, possibly a great film in there. But sort of buried in a in a bit of a mixture of uh, yeah the novelty of of seeing these characters younger allusions to the series it was a little bit unfocused I think it, it could have been a really strong movie and it was just a good movie it was a good movie kind of a seven out of ten 
So I, I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed it as a movie in its own right, and also I enjoyed it as being a Sopranos fan, so I got quite a bit out of it. I don't think Michelle probably enjoyed it as much as I did because she didn't know what was going on. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, some really good performances from everyone in it. It's quite a, it's a bit of an all-star cast. Um, John Bernthal and um, Vera Farmiga and the... The, the actor that plays Tony Soprano as a teenager is his son, uh, James Gandolfini's son. So, and he, he comes across really well. He's he's one of the, I think, standouts from it. Um, he doesn't disappoint. Of course, he has the advantage of looking a lot like his father, but he also just really captures the kind of slightly sort of sullen energy of Tony Soprano as well. Slightly moodiness, but also charismatic with it. So I thought he was really, really good. Um yeah, overall, not a disappointing experience. I would have probably preferred to see it as like a TV show if they'd done it as a 10-part series or something. Yeah. Um, that, that would have been equally as good. And maybe they'll they'll come back with another movie or another TV series kind of set in the 80s and you'll see the sort of rise of, of Tony Soprano. So that'd be, I'd definitely be interested in seeing that. So, yeah, very, uh, very enjoyable experience and an, an okay film. Um, the funniest part was actually before the film even started, the um, certification came up, you know, um, but rather than the British Board of Film Classification, it was the Irish Film Classification Office <laughs> a certificate that came up. And I was like, bloody hell, what's going on? They've taken over. What well, we were in Pizza <laughs> Express. They've been biding their time. But yeah, I don't know. I guess they mixed up the prints or yeah, ran out of prints or something. Yeah, I was like, what? Way. What is this? IFCO? Sixteens? Um, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what? Crazy stuff. Um, oh, yeah, that, that could have been... Re- what age is that film? Is that 18, is it? I, I think it must be at 18. It's quite a lot of violence. Yeah, because we have, like... Because for years, we had the exact same rating as you, just different yeah. colored stickers. But now we have different ages as well. And so British people say, what? My 15-year-old's in here. <laughs> now he has to leave. Oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, good experience. And then uh, last night, we watched The, the Green Knight on Prime. Um, tried to recreate the cinema experience, lights off, no phones, no laptops, no pause in the film, watched it as if we were at the cinema. Um, And I have to say, I thought it was a fantastic film. Um, Probably the best film I've seen since Parasite. Wow. Um, From the first scene, it really kind of intrigued and and bewitched me uh, with the the visuals and and the way it's set out the story. Um, I won't go too much. I don't know. It depends on people, if people are familiar with the kind of knight, you know, the, the King Arthur mythology and the, the different knights. No. But it's 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 something a lesser known part that I I didn't know anything about this story before. Um, but it follows kind of Dev Patel, who's you know a member of of or an, an, one of the knights. He's uh, King Arthur's uh, nephew, and that's not necessarily relevant to, to this story in particular because it does very much tell its own story. And I didn't even realise it was King Arthur until like halfway through the film when he calls him Arthur. I was like, oh, yeah, it's King Arthur. Um, but yeah, it's he he has to go off basically on a quest that involves this green knight. And it's quite a simple story. So kind of explaining it too much probably gives a lot of weight, so I won't go too much into it. But essentially it's a quest uh, that, that, that Dev Patel, lead character, has to face. Um, visually, it's just like phenomenal. It's, it's the landscape of... Um, of Ireland, as Barry mentioned, which have a certain, certain ancient quality to the landscape. So you look at it and think it looks like it has been untouched since the Middle Ages. Maybe that's because you don't build anything on the, on your stuff like we do here. But I don't know. It's just a certain 
certain really kind of unique look to it when he's, he's walking through fields and forests and, and these, you know, stunning kind of backdrops. So that's that's one element of it that is fantastic. And the way he uses colour against those backdrops as well is is amazing. Um, Dev Patel is fantastic. Uh, these kind of characters who are very out of their depth yeah. almost, you know what I mean? He's not... Like, I couldn't see him playing, like, a James Bond character. But when he's got a character who's kind of struggling with something and, and feels like the world's against them, like, he is, he's brilliant at that. You know, Slumdog Millionaire, David Cockerfield, and this film as well. Um, so he's fantastic. And, yeah, it kind of it goes through various parts of his journey as he, as he goes on this quest. And it's quite, you know, scary film at points, some kind of horror, horror elements to it. Um, and very kind of poetic and, and Shakespearean dialogue as well, but without being too kind of um, sort of opaque or confusing. Like it, it's pretty easy to follow film. But yeah, I was I was not ex- expecting kind of what I got, but what I what I got was just fantastic. Um, so yeah, highly, highly, highly recommended uh, The Green Knight. It's a shame they didn't get the proper cinema release because I would love to have seen it on the, on the big screen. But um, yeah, still a, a very good film. Anyway. Wow. Uh, I didn't realize it was on Prime, so I was thinking after my exam tomorrow that I might pop into the cinema, but mm. there's like a three-hour gap between when my exam is probably going to be finished and the first showing of it, so I might just do as you did, Joe, head home, mm. close the curtains, buy a bag of popcorn on the way, stick it on. Yeah, apparently there's also, early on in the film... Um, Part of it was filmed in Leak Slip, and there's a very famous, what? a very famous folly. Um, the wonderful barn, is it? That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. So you you might recognise that. Me and Matthew were at that last weekend. We visited. Just wait, waiting for a McDonald's. Going, where's the fucking <laughs> We're by the barn. No. Yeah. So that's, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quickly relay that information to her. Sweetie, there's a new movie out called The Green Knight. Mm-hmm. We'll have to watch. <laughs> the wonderful barn is in it, apparently. We were just there with the dogs, and when the dog did a shit outside it. Oh, no. <laughs> Dev, Dev Patel could have stepped in that. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Yeah, um, have you, have you guys well. watched any other David Lowry films? Uh, I was very big on A Ghost Story. Yeah, everyone loves Pete's Dragon as well. I didn't see Pete's Dragon. I've only seen I haven't it seen that. Yeah, I, I really got to get to that. Yeah. What about you, Joe? Have you seen any of his other stuff? No, I don't think I have. I might have to look into those. I don't know why, but I mix Lowry up with Roger Eggers quite a bit. Mm. He he did The Witch and The Lighthouse. I get those um, directors confused. Well, yeah, the the, the Golden Sons of, of A24. The Witch is A24, isn't it? Probably. Uh, probably, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, A Ghost Story is, is wonderful. I keep mm. meaning to rewatch it. Um, but it's also, yeah. Very particular kind of mood to be in to watch that film. Yeah, mm. uh, I, I will hope next next week to, to to fire up the old Prime and watch uh, watch uh, the Green Knight. Well, Barry and I will have Green Knight reviews next week, maybe. Um, let me see here. Yeah, so for Game Golf, then um, in my in my illness, one thing I did do when I was well enough to to because Thursday. I was genuinely not well enough to even sit up. I had to cancel my stream. And I was like, I can't even sit up and just, I was raging because I was just like, I wanted to just play my fucking death loop and all this other stuff. Friday, I was coming around a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I want to like a comfort game. I want to play something that is not as, like, death loop is great. I'm going to talk about it in a second. But it's like, it's very much going to sit up, pay attention, strategize. 
lots of story threads going on at once. You got to pick stuff up. I was like, I want to play something that's a little less taxing. So I said, so I Googled out of curiosity and found out that they had fixed the uh, save transfer issue for Spider-Man Remastered on the PS5. Because when that thing came out, uh, in, in true Sony PS5 fashion, you can only get it if you have Miles Morales, a certain version of Miles Morales. And then when you got it, it was like, oh, also you can carry your progress forward, which obviously I've platinumed uh, uh, Spider-Man on PS4. I wanted to finish the DLC on the PS5. They're like, no, oh, can't do that. They fixed it anyway. They pushed out an update where it's like you could upload your save, which involved going up, booting up the PS4. Feels like it's feels like it's booting up a fucking DOS machine from 1984 now uh, with the, with the new consoles. But I was able to transfer the save over, and I played a little bit of uh, Spider-Man Remastered. It is. Uh, Still really fun. It is still really fun if you just want to fire that up and swing around, do a couple of crimes. Like I said, I haven't finished the DLC, so I finished the first chapter of it, the the, the Black Cat yeah. story, which was you know fine. Um, I think I, I said when I first started it last time. Okay, yeah. the, the the DLC chapters they, they are a little bit more kind of comic booky, for lack of a better term. Whereas the main plot is like an excellent. This could be an MCU film style narrative that I actually really enjoyed. The comics like, oh, Black Cat sending you on a caper. Oh, she deceived you again. What a what a character. Anyway, see you next week. <laughs> um, that's basically the gist of it. So I finished that. Sure. Um, I, I did all the little side quests as well, and I moved on to the next one. Um, and of course, it's the it's the remastered version. So n- none of those uh, when you fast travel to like one of the police stations on the other side of the street or the or the city, none of those long slow motion Spider Man uh, load screens. Those are completely gone. You just show yeah. up there. It's it's really good. And it's 60 frames, all that stuff. It's nice. So yeah, played a little bit of that. I will I will finish those DLCs at long last. Uh, and then I put more time in to Deathloop, which I am absolutely loving. I am loving Deathloop. Um it's gotten to the stage now where I I've I've played it in so I've gone through the loop, quote unquote, a, a day in the game world so many different times that I'm really, you know, getting to grips with the various different play styles. I was doing super stealthy early on, avoiding conflicts, taking people out. Now I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I've got a teleport ability. I've got an ability where if a bunch of enemies are standing close together, I can link them together. And then when I knife one in the throat, they all drop dead in very satisfying fashion. So I've gotten that. So now I'm kind of, uh, and I've unlocked some special weapons, a big fancy shotgun and all this stuff. So now I'm kind of playing it. Rambo, do you know what I mean? I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm supernatural Rambo because you could also you could also dual fist weapons as well. Um, it's one of those games, kind of like uh, it, 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 I don't know if you felt this way about Ghost of Tsushima, Paul. It's one of those games where I feel like the controller is like overloaded with stuff. They've got like right. stuff double and triple mapped, okay. uh, so you can have uh, they have a right hand left hand system, kind of like Dishonored. Your right hand always has a gun or your machete. Your left hand can have a hacking device one of two special powers you have or your grenade and you can hold the button for the left hand to change what type of grenade it is so and then there's a and then the other d-pad can change your left hand to dual wield a gun so you can just run around wolf and it's a lot it's a lot but the kind of the joy of the loop is kind of like they explain to you after the tutorial it's like you win this game by killing all eight of the bosses in one day but and I'm sure, kind of like a Breath of the Wild type situation, if you know what the steps are, you can do it. You can't just go to each district and kill them because they they will they are spread out enough across the districts that it's physically, unless you know certain tricks to make them go to certain places together, you can't kill them all at once. 
So it's one of those things where it's kind of like you you are going to experience this loop whether you like it or not because you will not be able to figure out how to beat them all in one go. So it's kind of about going through each day and getting a little bit more information each time and and learning more and more about the patterns of everyone and oh this district has more guards in this hour blah 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 blah. And so by by virtue of that I'm also learning the levels better and better each time so to the point where like at the beginning of the game I'm playing it like Hitman I'm trying to stay hidden I'm ducking and dodging I'm killing an enemy if I absolutely have to whereas now it's I'm kind of looking like an E3 demo for Uncharted I'm zipping all over the place and fucking <laughs> headshotting people and it's super satisfying uh, I, I think I said this last week when I first started playing it the big difference between this and Dishonored is that that game gave you loads of options and how you wanted to play but it kind of punished you if you went loud it's harder if you go loud there's a bad story ending if you kill loads of people. Whereas this one, once you start getting the new abilities, it's like, just use them. Just kill people. Just go fucking manic. The AI is also very fucking stupid. They will be standing at the opposite side of a room and they won't hear a shotgun go off. I think by, de- <laughs> I, I think by design, because it's kind of like, if you go loud, it's not a case of you've alerted the whole map and you've shut down certain areas and you've the, the target's gone into obscurity. They've kind of deliberately gone away from that. Um, right. But I, I think it is so so good the the like i said you you're going through the loop multiple times getting additional pieces of information and it's not even just about getting the kill it's kind of like oh go back to this diner because it has valuable information i go back there at afternoon oh it blew up because why we don't know go back there in the morning get some dialogue find a piece of information see a contraption that's like oh this is going to blow up for such such a reason and so you're not just trying to figure out the clockwork of how to get all the enemies in one day cycle there's lore and additional bits of information and side quests to get certain weapons and abilities and xyz that also have to be done in a certain order so the game is very much kind of like you could speed run it but also don't do that you don't want to figure out the best path and just do it you want to go through this day multiple times so you see every nook and cranny of this map every story every audio log every ability and i'm i'm loving it it is kind of like again it's despite not being remotely similar as a video game it, there is a kind of hitmany kind of itch being scratched by learning what the level does by running through it a million different times and it's super yeah. satisfying uh so yeah i'm i'm getting hooked it's one of those the more hours i put in literally the more the rating goes up and up and up the more i play <laughs> it because i'm like the more i see of it um so that is a, a a big thumbs up on the old death loop can't wait to play it next year when you uh, well yeah i was about to say I, was, I thought you were making a ps5 joke but yes it'll be on the xbox in a year's time so um i think you'll like it i think you'll like it it's yeah. it's a it's a and it's very unique as well that's the one thing i would say about it, despite references to dishonored and hitman and things like that it's not it's not like oh, okay it's a third person shooter whatever i just run yeah, through yeah. it like kill the guy kill the guy at the end of the level um before uh we we save the uh direct till the end do you want to talk just about i'll just games? quickly yeah halo i've played i think i played one mission in halo this week um he's slowing down no, I think it was just this week specifically. There just was, bad there week. Was lots happening, yeah, and I just didn't. Like, even Twitch. Like, people are thinking, oh, the Twitch craze is over. Paul's retired from Twitch. It's like, look, this week was just a, a week, you know? I, 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 I would love to be playing Halo and Life is Strange on Twitch and No Mercy and this and that. And life, life just got in the way this week. But it, it will all be back one day. So I'm like halfway through Halo Reach. 
Um, it's fine. It's Halo, you know. For for it being the last Bungie game, it's kind of remarkably. Yeah, uh, it's like Monsters University of the Halo games. <laughs> right. Just Halo. Um, I actually prefer, I think, ODST, which wasn't, which I think was not made by Bungie. I probably actually ODST must have been made by Bungie. What am I talking about? But ODST is like, um, way more different to the core Halo games, even though it was a Halo Three DLC for all intents and purposes. Whereas Reach feels like it's just an extension of, it's it's we do a prequel to Halo One, so it's just Halo, you know, right? They don't really, so far at least, do anything really unique with it. Um, but I will beat it, and then on to four, and then on to five, and then we're ready for uh, for Infinite when it comes out. Uh, I mentioned we had the Cousins over, so we did play some No Mercy, which was quite fun. Uh, I had a pin stolen from me in a, in a triple threat match that I'll have nightmares about for weeks to come. A uh, bit of Mario Kart, bit of Goldeneye, which, as you know, last time I played Goldeneye, can't play it. Literally can't yeah. make it work. This mm-hmm. time, for whatever reason, my brain was kind of synchronized better to it and I could play it. Um, So, you know, depends on the date, maybe. But that was quite fun. Uh, didn't win GoldenEye, unfortunately. We just played a deathmatch. Well, you can't play it, you know. <laughs> um... And uh, yeah, so there wasn't much in terms of games, but we did get a Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Uh, it was one of those directs that had nothing that interested me. It was a very uh, Japanese-oriented direct, it felt like. Yeah, and and I think in the style of, um, well, we're not going to put, uh, we're going to put Christian in the title match because we have CM Punk. Uh, I think it was very much, well, we've Bayonetta 3, so we don't have to put anything else in there. Um, and much as you were alluding to, I don't give a shit about Bayonetta. Um, and yeah. also, again, and I, I, this, I didn't even like tweet about it because I was like, I'm not going to shit in people's cornflakes because they love it and it's got a big cult following and Platinum yeah. make good games. God bless them. It looks like a 360 game. Why does it look so bad? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I just don't get it. And their games are not about graphics. Fair enough. Whatever. I don't care. But everything else is just like, hey, we're going to do the last Smash Brothers reveal. And and on another day. so On another day. Time. Like, why? They are so weird. It, that was like, hello, we don't have any Zelda news, but please do stand by. That was like that last time. And same with the Animal Crossing thing. They hinted at. Yeah. The yeah. cafe thing is coming. Uh, tune in another day for that news. It, it really did kind of feel like we finally have a Bayonetta thing to show. Yeah. What what can we cobble together to make it more than just that? Yeah. Bayonetta like should... three and Splatoon three are two games that I, I will not play. <laughs> yeah, I, I gave Splatoon a go, and I was like, "This is cute. I will never play this again." Um, after <laughs> a, a solid two weeks where I was bet into it, I played. I navigated the horrible choppy waters of inviting friends to a game on the Switch. We had to we had to fire up a Discord because none of us were getting that fucking headset accessory thing to do yeah. Nintendo chat and we had fun we never bothered doing it again and I never finished a single player so you know although now you can use bluetooth uh, headsets <laughs> yeah four no. years in thank you boys um uh they like I, they, I feel like they've been showing Mario Party remasters for yeah. half of my life but I realized one of them was on the 3DS a couple of years ago and then yeah. this one, this one is well, well. They had one on Switch already. Right. Super Mario 
parody on Switch, isn't it? Yeah, but that's a that's a new game. Ah, okay. That is effectively Mario Party Ten or whatever the number would okay, be. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, that was a new game, and it was actually well, they're okay. They're all the same, though. They all look the same. Mm. And this new one, especially the whole thing is now. To be fair, the trailer they showed it actually looked all right. It looked like they they put a lot of work into it, but it's kind of like um, uh, it's like re, it's re, it's classic games remastered. So it, this one it literally is the same, but it's all old games. But uh, I mean, listen, we can't we can't ignore the elephant in the room. We got to talk about about. Um, well, don't call Chris Pratt that. It's very wow, wow. Uh, that was my audition there. I would have been Mamma back. mia. Well, it's funny. So, yeah, they did the... If you somehow have not seen or heard of this, they did the cast reveal. Well, for this was very like, as you referenced, hello, it's me, Zelda man. <laughs> I, now, I know seeing me, you're thinking, oh, Jesus, here's what we've been waiting for. Breath of the Wild news. <laughs> yeah. Too bad. M- Miyamoto comes out in his little Mario t-shirt. And yeah. we're like, oh, Shit, here we go. Something's happening. Oh, remember that Mario movie we mentioned a year and a half ago when everyone went, what? But it's like, I, 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 you know what? It's not even disappointment that, that, that's, that, that that's what he was revealing. Because it's kind of like, okay, like, you know, I, I wasn't expecting anything else like so soon after like Bowser's Fury or whatever. It's just the cast that they revealed, and it's kind of like it's not even. Listen, they're not the innovators of this terrible strategy. This is just the thing you do with kids' movies now. You have to have Hollywood A-listers. You can't, God forbid, you have actual voice actors. Like that's that's mm. never happening again. Um, but yeah, I just I couldn't fucking believe it to be honest. Like, uh, I think the main the main thing that I think doesn't work is Chris Pratt. I think the others are like fine for the most part. Um. Yeah, I mean, some of them are a little on the nose. Um, Taylor Joy and and like Jack Black as Bowser are a little obvious. I want to say, I like Keegan Michael Key as Toad. That's a hell of a cast. <laughs> That's a funny one. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, they cast Chris Pratt, who, whatever you feel about his personal politics, uh, etc. Ever since, like. Star Lord, which is when his career absolutely peaked, he's just reverted to land lead guy. He doesn't even have a little niche, a little Ryan Reynolds niche, you know, where Ryan Reynolds plays basically Deadpool in every movie now. Uh, Chris Pratt's just this boring man. <laughs> yeah, he's not particularly funny. He's not particularly good. Um. Although my brother and I were thinking about the casting, and you know, it's we we believe that it's going to, it's going to be like a Lego Movie, and that it's it's more meta than you might think. Like he's not. Just, oh yeah, he's not yeah. just going to be playing Mario. It's going to be they're sucked into the game world. Oh really? The, I reckon so. I reckon so. I feel like Nintendo would hate that. I feel like they would no. Mario exists in this. Yeah, don't ever imply it, it will never be. Well, fair enough. Mario three. That's they pass. They say it's a play. We let that slide, and we regret it to this day. You will in in Mario canon. He will not be a video game character. He's a fucking plumber, sir. Do not even. No one gets sucked into the game because it's not a game. It's real. 
no, okay. it, it'll be it'll be a father and the kid and the Chris Pratt. Oh, when he was a kid, he used to play, you know, the 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 arcade games with his friends, and one of his friends went missing mysteriously. <laughs> no, this is Jumanji. You it's have... literally just going to be Jumanji. Yeah, yeah. With Mario. Um, but and it's just kind of like because he did an interview where, or he basically put some statement out where he's like, "I've been working on my Mario voice." Couldn't tell if he was joking. You're not going to do Italian voice. He's not going to do Italian voice. Surely no. not. Well, Which, but if, I don't know what would be worse: doing a shitty Italian accent or or Star Lord the Mario character. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that either. I don't want to. I don't want like it's going to look like a badly dubbed fan trailer if they put out a trailer for this movie and it's Mario running around the Mushroom Kingdom, one fighting Bowser, and it's just the normie voices and Charlie Day. I think he might be funny as Luigi, but still, why is he? Why are you hiring just people, just regular people? <laughs> Well, you say, like, it's going to be a shitty Italian accent, but Mar- Mario's voice is a shitty Italian accent. Like, Charles Martinet doesn't do a good Italian, an accurate Italian representation. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. him going, Mamma mia! Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't hear that walking down Rome. Dova? You don't see princesses being thrown over shoulders and running away, <laughs> jumping down pipes. Oh, I, I also like uh, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. It's pretty... That'd be good. It's pretty inspired. Yeah. Also, I like the Cranky Kongs in it. We're doing the origin story here. <laughs> yeah, you this know. is a very weird... Uh... I, I think you're right. I don't think it'll be meta in the sense it's going to be about people getting sucked into the game, but I think its humor is very... Because they, they like it's Mario. Mario's still popular with kids, but they want 30-year-olds to go and see this as well. You know, so. But, I mean, without spoiling, like Detective Pikachu had a certain layer of meta to it as to why Reynolds... Yeah, my picture had Ryan Reynolds' voice. Um, Lego Movie, we've obviously referenced. Sonic didn't really, but then it, it, it wasn't a typical Sonic movie. That it was Sonic in the real world. I don't even remember why that happened, but uh, he was escaping evil bastard uh, uh, like koala bears. All right, um, <laughs> <laughs> that might be what it was. I don't. I honestly don't remember. What no, it was. He was. He was running away from evil forest monsters. Yeah. But why? Why wasn't he in the Green Hill Zone or whatever it's called? Uh, his his mother, who is an owl, um, <laughs> gave him the rings. And for some reason in this in this universe, the rings are portals. And so he jumped through a ring to escape the. They were like, yeah, they are like little evil Ewoks. Right. Um, and he ended up in San Francisco or something. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if they if this Mario movie actually no I wouldn't I want it, I want it to be in the Mushroom Kingdom I was gonna say I'd love if it was Mario in in New York where he's allegedly from with Eddie Kingston yeah. um, but uh, the other thing I would love is just kind of like I want it all CGI but like Anna Taylor Joy is like human she's regular she's like she's just in a Princess Peach because like like they just they had to like they literally probably just cast her because she looks like she could be Princess Peach in real life. Yeah, that has yeah. to be it. It's not like they she hardly came in and did a fucking voice call, you know, and did a, a an audition. So if you're gonna do that, have some fun with it and have her be a regular person with little up to her knees, Mario and Luigi running around like like little goofballs. Well, that would be fun. No White and the Seven Dwarves. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I wonder if it'd be something like yeah, Mario, even Mario with like his uh, his his regular voice as we know it, which is, by the way, such a weird thing that they've cast set, cast uh, Chris Pratt as a character who already has this super established voice. Never mind the accent, but that he has like the Charles Martinet voice, and he goes into the pipe and comes out in the real world. Hey, me voice changed. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> oh God. 
Although I did see, did someone on Twitter? I I, I hate to do that. Someone did this because I don't have the credit. You know, people don't credit shit online anymore. No, no. But that someone on Twitter did the uh, the idea to cast Taz as a Goomba, which um, (laughs) is. Yeah. Don't you ever talk about the Mushroom Kingdom? No, you did in interviews and stuff. (laughs) That'd be great. Uh, yeah, so that that was that. Um, they also they announced the the rolling out of the the next the next level of the um, Switch Online, uh, yeah, gimmick. So the long long anticipated N sixty four rollout, and mm. to my surprise, I I thought this was a nice little addition. The the Genesis uh, equivalent as well. Sega talk about owned. I mean, thirty years ago. Uh, John Krasinski or not that like the office. Um, <laughs> it's it's yeah, John some Kaczynski, I think it is, is the the guy who was heading up the the Genesis. He would be fucking rolling in his grave if he was dead if he saw this. Yeah. Um, you know, and they did the thing as well where it's like there's only like six or seven N64 games, but they put out the disclaimer so people wouldn't shit their pants online. More coming, going where there will be more coming. Despite the fact that it's obvious, with because they've done that with the previous two consoles, you know, people be like what? Mario Tennis with no golf, ah, you know. So they 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 put out the message, but uh, yeah, you know, and they most interestingly they said that they are going to some of the games are going to have online co-op or or versus or whatever. Um, which fair enough, you know, fair enough. I'll I'll fire up that Mario sixty four uh, cart sixty four uh, cart sixty four <laughs> once and give it a go. And oh, play with my friends, and then probably never do it again. But it's it, it's nice that you can do it. It depends how more expensive the the it's, it's called the expansion pass or something, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So Surely like, it'll oh, be like twenty to thirty or twenty to five, something like that. They've they this the the existing one is so cheap that I think they must know. I think they on some level they must know that it's like okay, this service isn't very good, and and it's like okay if you want the extras, I think yeah if it's if it's a fiver a year which is the that's the level right. If you don't have a switch and you don't know, it's twenty quid for a year of Switch Online, which is online play for Splatoon and Mario Kart and all the NES and SNES. But no, not all the games. They have a limited library, a very limited library. Um, so that is a steal when you think about it. So I'm kind of thinking they're not going to say, okay, now we're price matching PlayStation Plus. Do you know what I mean? I don't think they're going to go mental, especially for fucking, uh, oh, another bare bones, shitty version of Mario 64. There you go, everyone. Um, uh, which I think in our region, it'll even be the PAL version. So it's not even going to be the good one from the States. But you, Um, you might at least... Have the rewind option, which will make it yes. Play. Actually, yeah, that's actually true. Yeah, so the, the better play, version <laughs> playing the literal N sixty four version is now better than the three D All Stars version. Oh my god! Anyway, yeah, I mean, you have uh, the Zelda games, which if anyone hasn't played those, are well worth a go, I especially haven't. with rewind. Uh, Paper Mario, which is an absolute joy. But the irony is, like, I've I've beaten like four or five of these games in the last year. <laughs> so there's no incentive for me to play them on Switch. I played them on the fucking stupid version, the old N64 versions. Yeah. It's one of those things that, like, I don't, like, everyone is so happy, especially and even when they roll out new stuff for the NES and the SNES. Yeah. It was like, oh my god, that's okay, including me. And I, I usually fire them up when they come out. And then I never touch them again. It's like, it's the, it's just nice knowing you have them, I suppose, yeah. is the is the thing. Um, I, I, I've played quite a few of the, uh, the Super Nintendo games. Uh, I beat the, the 100% of the Donkey Kong Country games on Switch. Lovely. Um, as I said, played the, the first two Zelda NES games. 
Um, so, like, if, if I hadn't just recently played these Nintendo 64 games, I would definitely jump into them. I'd, I'd give Ocarina of Time another whack. I've been Ocarina of Time twice in the last two years. I'm not playing it a third time. I've, I've beat it as part of my Zelda games, and then I beat it on Twitch again. Uh, we have Majora's Mask, Banjo-Kazooie as well. I, I like that Nintendo obviously have this good relationship with Rare, and to an extent with Microsoft, mm. that they can still whack Banjo-Kazooie and the like on their on their little online. Yeah, game. you and I are going to have like two separate ways we can play Banjo-Kazooie whenever we want. Because <laughs> um, that is on Game Pass as well. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I never played. I've never played the N sixty four Zeldas, so maybe that will be the um, that will be the place. Um, yeah, because there was a rumor also about Game Boy games coming, but I guess that was that could also be pipeline down the you know ages away. Um, yeah. They're putting they're putting out Genesis and N sixty four wireless controllers, which I think is cool. N sixty four especially is going to have a problem mapping the buttons to the Switch layout. Uh, they have the uh, there's they have extra ones on top. Yeah, but I mean, when you consider the Switch Joy Cons, right? Mm. If you're if you're playing an N sixty four game without the controller, you have like the four C buttons, which are going to have to be mapped, I assume, to the right thumbstick, which works for some games fine, but for games like No Mercy, where like C down is to dash. C right is to change who you're looking at. C left yeah. is to pick up a weapon. You're doing these mad thumb combinations and it's really difficult to play. No Mercy's not going to be on the NSO anyway, so it doesn't matter. But that the C buttons just being mapped to the thumbstick doesn't work in a lot of <laughs> games. Um, and that extra controller is going to be like $50. So I, I assume it's going to be 56 euro over here. Yeah, I've never bought any of those other ones because they are they are pricey. No. Uh, if, if they were really nice, they'd come up with some way for you to use your existing uh, <laughs> controllers because I got four of them lying around. That would be handy. But, um, yeah, and the... It's the yeah, it's all right. It's it's fine. The Genesis lineup is also the exact lineup that's been like put on like the PS2 back in the day. Like any, there have been so many Genesis collections. There's been like two or three even before the the craze the mini, of the mini and, console. And they put out the mini, yeah, yeah. But there's been like other like I I, I for years I feel like I've constantly seen little Genesises. Maybe they were bootlegs, I suppose. Yeah. With, with yeah, it's like you've played it's Echo the Dolphin and Sonic and a bunch of other stuff. You know what I mean? It's like all the. All day. Well, they, I mean, they put out a Genesis. I think there's a Genesis collection on Switch already. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, like, yeah. Every, every couple of years, every new generation of consoles, Sega, I think, yeah. you know. Genesis connection. Uh, yeah. And they probably do all right as well. Um, I will say, just, I've never been a Sega fan, but there are two things I like about, about Sega. Number one is US fans won't have this, but the, 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 the way, the fun way it sounds over here when you say Sega Mega Drive and it just rolls off the tongue very easily. Yeah. And the second thing is their little um Sega song that plays when you turn on the console. Yeah. Everything else about Sega was shit and their console was shit and all the games were shit. Wow. So take that. Alrighty. Let's jump into our emails here. I got an email uh, as we come out of Game Golf. Uh, it's my only one. It's from Michelle. It says, uh, "Since you guys have been back at doing wrestling at the top of the show, I was wondering if you can give us a retro. So, who wants to do Raw? And you mean the pay per view? Which I'll I'll defer to Joe on that one. Uh, you mean the pay per view? 
<laughs> it's still good. We still got it. No Hong Kong of the week, though. Uh, no, no, no. Well, we get to dy- Dynamite and Rampage in a second. Yeah. That Penelope Ford match, let me tell you. <laughs> oh. Uh, and that's my email. Thank you very much, Michelle, for the nostalgia. Oh, I do like a bit of nostalgia. Although sometimes I'll come across an old file or something on the computer mm. and it'd be the name of some feature. And I like whatever about not remembering individual conversations we've had or quotes, but it'd be like some quiz we did for like 15 weeks. I don't remember at all what it is or, you know, it's like, Oh, it'd be like a rundown of episode three twenty or something like, Oh, quiz this one again. You're like, what? Yeah, we listen. A lot of ideas have come through. Do you know what I mean? A lot of ideas have come through. They've come and gone. Come and gone. Um, you know, uh, but we, uh, Dwayne Johnson Busters, will be back. I'm certain. Oh, always. <laughs> we just, we just need to leave it for enough wrestlers to come through for us to use. That's game. it. Yeah, we've we, we've used all the good ones. I think yeah. so. Well, we've definitely not used some of the bad ones. Naughty, naughty wrestlers. Um, we get to dark side of the ring later on as well. Um, I also have an email. Also from Michelli. Uh, non-traditional soda. Hi, Paul. I was wondering what soda flavor do you and the guys like that's not a basic slash traditional flavor? So no basic Coke or Pepsi. For me, it's Cherry 7-Up. Thanks. Mm. Well, I cannot claim to have had Cherry 7-Up. I have had Cherry Coke, all right. And Cherry Coke is one of the weirdest drinks I think I maybe have ever had in that the first glug of it, the first sup, you go, hmm, that's quite nice. And then you have a second and a third, and then you don't want to drink it anymore. <laughs> it's very quickly diminishing returns, I feel, Cherry Coke. It's got a very chemically taste, um, mm. which wears off for me very quickly. I've seen, I've seen cherry pepsi max in shops but only in a two liter bottle and i'm not sure if it's worth the uh, yeah the commitment to well if if i only like one one sip of cherry coke oh cherry pepsi's gotta go i've seen raspberry pepsi max as well i think and i'm not big on raspberry as a flavor though to be honest um no i mean when it comes to Soda flavors, I think I'm quite conservative. I don't really try the wacky, you know, blue Fanta or like I don't drink Monster or any of those uh, toxic waste drinks that Barry likes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just pretty much, pretty much these days, I, I, I almost exclusively drink, uh, I mean, honestly, drinks that are probably worse than the Monster drinks. But I, I pretty much drink exclusively Coke Zero and Pepsi Max. I don't drink anything else. But uh, when I did do that blind taste test a few months ago, I did have my first ever vanilla Coke. And that was quite nice. That was going to be... I love vanilla Coke. That was quite nice. Better than cherry, for sure. But then that's even that's quite a conservative little... It vanilla is. Vanilla Coke. It does count, though. It does count. It counts, it counts. Uh, I did have uh, earlier this week. I, I I got it for Bruno, but I had a little sippy. Uh, a peach Fanta. Oh yeah, tasty, oh, yeah. tasty, very nice, very nice. I um 
I would agree on that one. From the Coke freestyle, I like a nice grape Fanta or a peach Fanta. Uh, both very nice. Um, I had a cinnamon Coke uh, last Christmas uh, when we were in, or mm. previous Christmas when we were in uh, Los Angeles, which was very nice, very, very spicy little Coca-Cola. Um, yeah, I would love to try. I've never had a proper vanilla Coke because I only sell the diet vanilla Coke here. Well, that's what I must I have know. had then, yeah. You might have had a diet one. Yeah, I really want to try like a full sugar vanilla Coke. Well, even, I even think I would, the diet one is very nice. I quite like the diet one. I think I would really like mm. a nice bit of sugar in it. Um, <laughs> so I look forward to getting one of those. One, one day I'll get one of those. Um, and also the, I don't think we've ever had it here, but in France they used to do the, the red orangina. Yes. Uh, the the blood orange orangina. That's always very exciting because it's red. Mm-hmm. Just, what could be more exciting than red soda? Nothing. Yeah, well, Natty used to get for a while. Uh, we used to go for lunch in this pub around the corner from where we lived. And Natty got for a while a blood orange cider that she was really into. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give a shout out as well, even though it is a basic soda. Um, as much as, as a fiend I am for the cola. On a nice hot summer day, Seven Up is pretty damn good. I will yeah, 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 yeah. And I do like a Fanta Orange as well. Although they they've changed that, even over here, it's it's gone from sugar to aspartame. Even the like your your default Fanta is now aspartame, unfortunately, which still tastes as good. But I do like I, I do like a Fanta Orange. That's my email. Thank you, Michelle. Alrighty, uh, if that's all our emails, we can jump in here to uh, well, you know, we'll do some broad thoughts on the Grand Slam shows here from AEW. I mean, I don't think lads we will have too many deviating opinions from the consensus this week. I mean, I thought Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega was really good. <laughs> that is controversial, a spicy hot take. <laughs> I, I also thought it was really good. Okay, I'd I'd go four and three quarter stars. Because um, I do think a draw is the finish. Although I wasn't unhappy with it, and I, you know, I thought it was a really good match. I still I think for me to go the big five, I'd want like a definitive. Yeah, fair. Match, yeah, I know. mean, I I agree in the sense that the, the climax of the match and having a very satisfying climax mm-hmm. is part of the puzzle. Yeah. You know. Um, Definitely, the, the I think the right finish for the moment. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree with both of what you said you, there. You could also f- you also felt that they were holding back, like they didn't get into Top Gear, which is amazing because when they do, it's going to be pretty spectacular. But you could sense they were building very slowly and just getting up to it. But yeah, very 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 hard hitting. I mean, God, the the American Dragon is back, just <laughs> getting dropped on his head and neck <laughs> anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I suppose he gave it the full. Uh, he's gonna get his fucking head kicked in on TV. I, I didn't think he was actually gonna say them words, but then he did it. Good lad. Uh, I'll say, as far as the match goes, I think this was the fastest half hour of wrestling I've ever watched. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Dubai. Yeah. Let me tell you. And I didn't even watch it live. I was watching it after the fact. Mm. Oh my god, it was flew by. Tremendous. It really did. Um, yeah, no, absolutely loved it. And like wrestled in a really distinct way from Brian's WWE career, which yeah. 
obviously had a lot of great matches in it, but I really love that you can look at it as two distinct characters and not just in name and catchphrase only. Um, he adapted so well to WWE being the smaller guy fighting from underneath, even when he was a heel a lot of the times. Um, but just to go back and, uh, you know, it's, it was like punk. It was like the the uh, American Dragon character was never gone. He just went right back into it. That's why he's so great. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I actually remarked while I was watching it that, yeah, I, I kind of hadn't thought of it prior, but that in WWE he was often like the underdog. Mm-hmm. And to hear he came in almost as like the favorite in the match. And it made for a much different dynamic than I was used to. Very enjoyable. Um, yeah, no, it was great stuff. And uh, tantalizing for more, you know. Um and obviously, Kenny then said, you know, no rematch, which I love. They're going to milk that on TV. <laughs> Such a prick. This is his one indulgence. And now he's never giving anyone the back of the line. You know, who's next top of the charts? Um, so, yeah. Which yeah. is, I, I'm really interested how things are going to align. I don't know how long Hangman's going to be off. So, how, how did, you know, because um, also when Hangman comes back, he's also going to have to start working his way back up. So, um it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how things, how things play out. Uh, you know, I thought... Mm, more or less the rest of the show was just okay um yeah it uh, it, it felt like a regular episode of dynamite after that being a great setting the great it, yeah atmosphere great atmosphere yeah. yeah it didn't feel like a pay-per-view after the first match which was strange because <laughs> it's like the biggest match they could do uh, and then into a kind of normal episode but overall yeah. can't complain it's free yeah it was interesting that they opened with it instead of Having as as the main event of the the mm-hmm. night, they don't normally do that for Dynamite. But then I guess it was not entitled, and they do like to have the title match emphasized on their shows. Whether it's TNT Women's Tag World, yeah, AW are usually good for like the titles are the most important things. And I, I think also because they've had this issue very recently, I don't think they wanted everyone going long. And then the big epic draw is a seventeen minute TV time limit. Thing. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think that was a factor. Uh, Sting is great, as I think we've enthused multiple times. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed his performance again on, on, on this show. It's kind of surprised they won, because I thought, looking at the lay of the land with babyface tag champs, that FTR were on the way up, and Darby, I don't, I don't really see what's on the horizon for the, those two as a team. So I was like, they'll go down. Um, mm. But I, I, I started to wonder if they're going to get a title shot, and then I started to wonder if they're going to win. Um, but that's still ways off because I don't I don't know that they've necessarily hinted in that direction just yet. No. Yeah, it'd be, be strange with Sting being part time. Um, yeah. Not not getting the win win loss record as a tag team. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing them in a in a tag title match. Uh, yeah, and then the main event was uh, Brit and Ruby, which uh, I to be honest, I think I'd have to say was a bit of a disappointment. Um, I feel like they weren't exactly on the same page. I thought they did some cool stuff towards the finish, but I was a little bit, I was a little bit disappointed on this one. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. I think you have to consider disappointment when your favorite part of the match or mine was Rebels selling of being hit with the Ruby Soho finish when she's all drooped all over the ropes, all funny. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the match. I also feel like I don't want Ruby to uh, fucking obliterate their faces. 
But every time she hits that finish, I'm just like, just a bit, bit more on that. Like, yeah. A bit, bit more on that. You're doing a little, you're, you're doing a little pretend Pele kick in the air. Yeah, um, May, May Young wouldn't be having that. Uh, so yeah, but yeah, you know, and I, I, some people were surprised. I, I thought Brit was, I was fairly confident Brit was winning. It didn't seem like the right time for her to lose. Um, on to Rampage. Well, well, quickly before we move on, what do we think about the the, the weird Malachi Black Cody Rhodes match? Uh, I think I'm just kind of over Cody, and I, I, I don't know if I had the energy to properly engage in the conversation. To be honest, <laughs> I know what you mean. Like. I think the most interesting point I read about it was I just feel like I think maybe AEW has moved on. Um, mm. Cody was a standout early on when they were a new company. WWE was still at their absolute most manic of signing people. And he was a believable top guy and his act was interesting enough. And he was also getting a, little bit, a lot of the credit as the AEW guy on an executive level. And kind of, they've now signed 10 million people. They've made a bunch of stars. They've progressed so, so, so much in ring without him. And also, I, I wish I could give credit. Someone did mention this to me, and I, I can't remember who it was. But Tony Khan has also become a little bit more of a forward-facing personality mm. as the booker and the promoter, which I think takes a little bit of shine off Cody because Cody was the guy coming out there early getting all that credit for booking his own angles and all this stuff. Now it just kind of feels like, it does kind of feel like Cody's kind of, even in just two years, kind of feels like the company has moved ahead without him uh, in some ways. So I don't really care to argue about, oh, he's a tweener. Oh, he's actually a heel. Oh, they were booing him. Oh, he doesn't need to turn heel. He's actually a tweener. Eh." I'm just like, you know, I'm glad he lost is kind of my main thing. Because I'm just like, it would, uh, no matter how much people will try and split hairs and say he's a tweener and it's an interesting reaction, blah, blah, blah. I think him winning would have absolutely gotten the wrong kind of heat, and I think it probably will going forward. Um, so yeah, and aside from that, I didn't think it was that good the match either. No, um, mm, no it wasn't good, and I, I kind of agree. I'm a bit bored of Cody. I mean, he's not that interesting. I don't, I don't know. I think I think you're right. He's, he, things have moved on, and he's been away doing other shows and stuff, and not being there kind of week to week. I think he needs to do something a bit fresh, not necessarily turn hill, but just find something he can he can do differently. I, I would be interested in a heel turn, actually. I'd like him mm-hmm. to turn heel and be like, screw you fans, I'm going for the world title. Down the road. Oh. And Omega's not the world champion anyway. He'd be like, oh, fuck it, I can do what I want now. I want this Interesting, interesting. Um, but yeah, I think certainly Babyface Cody... The time has kind of come and gone on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in in the same way of a of a Roman Reigns or a, a Cena. The fans have kind of, you know, the fans have their favorites now. And what Cody is serving up is a bit a bit lame, a bit mm. he's 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 Mr. Fucking America in his American flag clothes, which he came out looking like um AKI man from No Mercy on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's a little bit passe, and there's there's cooler, more relevant babyface around. So I think I wonder a heel turn might be might be best for him. And the match was very disjointed, as you said, a uh, bit of a weird one. Anyway, rampage, rampage. Uh, yeah, also kind of a one match show. Um, 
I thought Punk and Hobbs was good again, much mm. like the Derby match. Um, not spectacular, but a solid. I think Punk seems to be really be in TV match mode, even when he was on pay per view. Um, <laughs> well, I th- I thought Punk's performance was much better here than in the Derby match. A little bit more active, I thought. Yeah, you yeah. know, um, yeah, for sure. He showed a bit more that he can still go at a, a good pace. Some of his strikes and stuff look a bit look a bit wonky, but. I, I was more impressed here than I was in the first match where he was going for the the abdominal lock six minutes in, you know. Which, which fair enough, he hasn't he hasn't been in the ring properly in a long time, but he showed here that he's got a bit more to him. Um, but like with the Ruby Riot, or, or I said a bad word. Oh no, <laughs> the Ruby Soho uh, kick. When he when he does that, go to sleep. You gotta make it look good, brother. You can't you can't be hitting powerhouse knobs knobs. <laughs> What? Powerhouse knobs. That's the episode title. You can't be hitting powerhouse hobs in the nip and uh, be knocking them out. You know, the shot to the nipple is not going to do it. Um, so you you don't need to be destroying people's faces with the old knee, but you need to be uh, you delay it a little bit more. You know. Yeah. Um. I thought everything else on this show was like mostly good. I thought the tag matches were the the multi man tags were great, but yeah. like not not you know not newsworthy. Um, uh, you know, no, I um the commentary was great during that, that first match. So by the way, Taz and Ricky Starks. Oh, uh, absolutely, ch- chuckling it up. Um, <laughs> Good one, Taz. <laughs> oh, they're so inter- it's such a crime that Taz wasn't on TV for so many years because he is so entertaining. Yeah. Um those two yucking it up. Oh, yeah. tremendous. Tremendous. Um yeah, I thought the tag matches were good as well. Um although the Jericho Hager one, maybe not as much. Oh, that crowd is quiet. Um, everything, everything there feels like a mismatch. I don't feel like the men of the year are a good fit for the Lambert thing, and I don't feel Jericho was the right guy to answer it, other than to have Hager as an MMA guy, you know, on his side. Yeah, but then Jericho and Hager don't really match as a tag team either. No, um, I did enjoy uh, Arlovsky battering the shite out of Jake Hager <laughs> after the match, absolutely murdering the man. Um, I like that they used Masvidal's most famous. Moment as like that's his move now. Yeah, they're all they're really getting into it, like all their pro wrestling. Well, except Arlovsky, he still thought it was a shoot. But um, <laughs> Masvidal got to hit his signature move. Van Zandt got to beat up Jericho, which was funny. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's like and, and, like Van Zandt obviously looked like she, I mean she was being very careful not to actually break Chris Jericho's ribs, which I'm sure she could. Um, she's in like bare knuckle FC or some shit at the oh, moment, yeah. isn't she? Yeah, her record uh, is not great. She probably would not have broken Jericho's ribs based on how she's done her. Uh, Jericho, I'd say she would. Yeah, I'd say she would. Uh, you know, he, 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 his ribs are just floating around in booze. Um, yeah. Uh, I but I, I'll say something very mean as well before we move on. Jericho, Jericho's physique was looking very flappy. Flappier than normal. <laughs> flappy. What a word. Um, <laughs> flappy bird. Pa- uh, Paige Van Sant beat him up anyway. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I guess this this angle rolls on, and the and the fighters are getting physical, which is honestly a bit surprising to me. But um, a bit surprising given how limiting Dana White is uh, usually of this kind of thing. 
Yeah, so who who is so Arlovsky is still signed to UFC, is he? And Dos Santos and, and Dos Santos and Maslow. So basically everyone except Van Zandt basically is still Yeah. Well uh, there were two there were two or three other guys there who I didn't recognize, but I mean hmm. I mean the history of UFC and pro wrestling, it's so intertwined and up and down and good books, bad books in between. I, I'm sure Tony Khan and him had a meeting and they hucked it up and they laugh at how rich they are and, and but yeah, came. but like Dana White and Vince McMahon, aren't they famously like yeah, but I always feel like Dana White, like, I don't know. There's something Thinks of him as this kooky weirdo. Yeah, McMahon. well, correctly, yeah. Dana White's not <laughs> right about much, but he, he's got that bang on. Um, and also, you know, like, Punk, I mean, Punk was still technically, he still, te- till, still, still technically is contracted to UFC, is he not? Well, he, re- he retired. He retired. As a fighter, though, but not as a, as a yeah. commentator, did he? No, he doesn't do commentary for UFC. He does commentary for some other. Oh, oh, okay. I was completely wrong then. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was still, I thought he was still under contract when he signed. No, no well, okay, I don't never know. Mind. Im- Im- imagine him doing commentary for UFC. Though. What kind of credibility do we have? <laughs> well, I suppose, yeah. Hey, listen, he's had two fights. He's had them. He's done them. You know, you can't say that. He did um, have them. That's for sure. That's, that's all you can say. But yeah, I'm sure, listen, I'm sure some meeting was had. And I, I was going to say, if they've done this much, there's no way they won't have matches. But famous last words. I also said that when Shibata did the big comeback dropkick. Yeah, Mike and Tyson they, showed up that one time. Nothing came of it. And they, it seems like they literally just did that Shibata thing just as a nice little thing to do, and he's still never having another match. So, um, yeah, I forgot about Tyson, actually. You know, he, showed, he showed up for like he showed up like three or four times. Yeah, But uh, he showed up and had that big pull apart with Jericho, and nothing came of it. Then he came back and he was Jericho's mate, and then nothing came of that. Snoop Dogg did more than Mike Tyson did. In the ring. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the, the main event was... Um, uh, the lights out match. I, uh, to be honest, like I think we mentioned this last time we talked about the Suzuki match. I think this this Moxley run a little bit's been a kind of bit, bit like a a very slowed down impression of his better matches elsewhere. And I thought this match was all right for what it was because the heat was great for Kingston and the homicide one was cool. Mm-hmm. This was just kind of they just hit each other with stuff and didn't finish. Yeah, yeah. even homi- of- even homicide coming out was a bit of a. Not anticlimax because I get he's like from New York, or whatever. But was... yeah, he got a good reaction. I wouldn't say he got a great reaction. Well, there was a big um, pop, and then I thought, oh, what's happening here? And it, you yeah. just saw on the ramp homicide. I don't know. Yeah, I. Why didn't they get his TNA music? Come on, like I realize it's not his music, but like yeah, the X theme. Yeah, yeah it would have been. Yeah, it would have gotten a better reaction than than them whipping up that theme the day of. But um, I'm kind of ready for for the next. I'm ready for Mox to kind of move on to something else. Although I am and I'm not because I feel like he's also. It's it's felt real house show mode with him lately. Um, You know, not terrible. It's not like he shit. It's not Jericho levels where I'm really starting to dislike him on TV. Not that level, but just kind of, you know, going out there and just doing a match and it's just whatever, you know. But then since he's kind of moved to the sidelines, there's a lot of new people around for him to have good stuff with now. Yeah, yeah, I, that that makes sense. Um, I suppose yeah, he had to get out of the way. There's no room um, uh, for him not to. Um, yeah, hope I, I don't really care to see Homicide around for more than just this show. No, me. no, no. I saw a lot of people saying, "Oh, absolutely, bring him." They've got enough people, and he's old. He had his big baggy jeans and stuff from like 2001 on. Um, yeah. 
so uh yeah that was uh, that was grand slam listen it was it was a lot of fun uh dynamite in particular was very breezy i thought rampage for the first time i'm, I'm glad rampage is going back to one hour i thought rampage was actually kind of hard to get through um mm. uh they crammed more ads into it like oh what, my god what is the appeal maybe i mean maybe they're expecting believably that this will be their biggest like rating so far on fridays but like what oh my god they stuffed that thing with ads it was really painful um but anyway uh we'll call it there for uh, uh the week i don't think we've any anyone have any any takes on dark side of the ring other than it was very sad i haven't watched it it was it was sad um we'll be back next week with um well i won't say extreme rules i'm not even gonna humor that um <laughs> but we'll be back next week maybe with more green knight takes uh, uh, more, you know, probably more definitely more wrestling, more AEW as always, and uh, more of your emails if you want to go to chairshoppodcast.com and pops over an email about anything. As you can tell, if you've listened in the last few weeks, email us about whatever your heart contains and we will talk about it. Uh, unless it's like boring or we don't know anything about it, but that's wrestling also. So, um, yeah, so thanks very much for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with another show. Uh, until then, I am your host, Barry. It's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. Goodbye.